Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit CARON.org slash lost. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with Travis Irvine. Hello, Ben. And Fernando. Hola, Ben. I'm recording live from New York City, and the boys are over in sunny Los Angeles. I'm a little cold, and you're a little hot. Ooh. Oh, it's been really hot this week, man. Yeah, really I like hot. it. I like it. Speaking of hot, mm, <laughs> Alex Jones, he's hot Ooh. under the collar. But no, he's not <laughs> talking about turning frogs gay. <laughs> the parents of Sandy Hook have the right to hold him liable for the horrific, I'm going to call it coverage, of Sandy Hook that he presented on his wonderful InfoWars network. I believe this is the beginning of the end for Alex Jones Ooh. as they'll bleed him dry. Ooh. Of all of his hard, fat, earned cash. <laughs> so we'll talk about that. We'll also talk a little bit about what's going on with the Proud Boys and the Q Shaman. Beep, 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 beep. Fresh off the presses, jail sucks. Whoa. Isn't that amazing? And they are <laughs> complaining every single step of the way. Also, a small kind of a follow-up on what's going on when it comes to this new eye detection technology. They're saying it's going to revolutionize truth-telling, but then some skeptics say... Oh, seems a little unconstitutional and slightly insane. But before we get to all of that and more, Julius Jones, he's a man we've been talking about in Oklahoma. By the time this recording comes out, uh, he may no longer be with us. Uh, there's people protesting right now. The governor in Oklahoma, Julius Jones, he has not yet had his uh, he has not yet had his sentence commuted or there's been no pardon from the government, from the governor. And so it looks as right and as of right now, Julius Jones could very well be executed in the state of Oklahoma for a crime that he did not commit. That is according to the Innocence Project. Guys, when it comes to criminal justice reform. Obviously, we are constantly fighting a difficult uphill fight because we are fighting a multi-billion dollar industry, Geo Group Core Civic, of course, being two of the main players. What do you guys think this means going forward? And is there momentum for the governor to make a move with Julius Jones? Or is this going to be some court, some sort of <sighs> backlash for the audacity of movements like BLM and so on and so forth? Oof. Well, like you said, Ben, as we record, we don't know what will happen. Um, so it's all going to be conjecture yep. from our side at this point. But um, the fate completely rests with the Republican governor and uh, the family of Julius Jones went to his office to try and meet with him. They turned them away. Um, you had, as you mentioned, protesters outside the governor's home. It is literally in 
the Republican governor's hands. And um, you just got to hope he's going to do the right thing. Other Republican governors are, uh, you know, we talked about it the other week. I gave credit where credit was due. Mm-hmm. My uh, former governor of Ohio, John Kasich, he is a Republican, but he did not murder anyone. Uh, and I know that was very row. difficult for you to do because Lord John knows. Kasich, I believe you have a website called JK Sucks, correct? Yeah, I, had a character, sucks. I had a character named John Kasich, who is a, <laughs> uh, a very... Um, embellished version of John Kasich, which is hard to do because he's very boring. So, um, but yes, Republican governors are doing it. So I implore the governor of Oklahoma to do the same. Hopefully the governor of Oklahoma makes the right decision. Fernando, come on in here in a second. But I want to say in 1994, there was a fellow named Ron Williamson. He came within five days of being executed by the state of Oklahoma for a crime that he did not commit. He was sentenced to death in 1987 for the rape and murder of a 21-year-old woman based Mm. on unreliable testimony. They actually found the proper perpetrator of that uh, crime. However, even after it became clear that Mr. Williamson was wrongfully convicted, it took another five years before DNA advances allowed him to go free and prove his innocence. And now we are 34 years later. We have DNA technology Mm -hmm. much better than it used to be back in the day. Mm -hmm. And the only reason that Julius Jones is still on death row is because of the willful, um, I don't even want to say ignorance, because that gives the prosecution and that gives the state Mm -hmm. this idea that they don't know what's going on. They know the truth. But as we talked about in the West Memphis 3 episode with the Elford plea, they never want to admit that they're wrong. For example, mm-hmm. with the Alford play, I believe that was Arkansas. The state of Arkansas has technically never killed an innocent person because they signed right. this plea that says, yes, we're guilty. But still, the Alford plea is basically you admit guilt and then the state lets you go. It's such ass backwards nonsense. And uh, we'll see what happens again with uh, Julius Jones. But Fernando, go on. I what something stuck out to me about what Travis said just now. He said about doing the quote unquote right thing. What is the right thing to a Republican governor? Because to him, the right thing might just be fo- sticking to what Ben just said, following the law. Because to to us, maybe who are against the capital punishment, the right thing is not doing this, staving off this execution, at least for now. If, if just to appease, if anything, you know, his family, you know, to appease, give the man a chance to, you know, do process. But the right thing to, again, a Republican could just be follow the letter of the law. This man has mm-hmm. conf- he's guilty, quote unquote. We're we're going to we're going to do the right thing. Follow the law. Right. right. And, and, and Ben, you made a great on. point about prosecutors, judges, the entire system not wanting to admit that it's wrong. That's yep. a dangerous place to be in, no matter what state you are. It really is. And of course, it's not as if we're some crazy left wing lunatic show. (laughs) The Oklahoma Pardon and Paroles Board held a meeting and they said we want to commute the sentence. So it's actually the governor in this case who is going against the will of his own parole board and sticking to his weird little guns. I can imagine it's because he has a weird little (laughs) set of balls and he wants to be seen again, as we've talked about. It's tough on crime because slam ads are so stupid and so easy. And whenever you have a nuanced conversation, they cannot exist in the ether of political campaigns and political messaging. So it's not as if the people in Oklahoma don't know the truth. And it is a willful acceptance of murder when it comes to the innocence of Julius Jones and the state now complicit if he does end up dead in the murder of an innocent man. And there needs to be. There needs to be ramifications for those actions. And I hope the people of Oklahoma look at that and they say this 
shithead governor has got to go if he doesn't stand up and do the right thing. Don't you guys think saving someone's life, even just from an egotistical perspective, uh, would yeah, make yeah. you feel really good? Mm, right. Uh, again, that that's why I, the only reason I think John Kasich actually did that. I mean, he wanted to, to boost his own ego and do, you know, he's a quote unquote Christian. So he wanted to do the more Christian thing. I implore all Republican governors, again, yeah. state by state, states are getting rid of the death penalty. And Ben, you made a great point. You know, multiple innocent lives lost. The man who yeah. was murdered originally and now the man who's been accused wrongfully of the crime, potentially, hopefully he gets saved. Um, but then remember what we talked about last week with the, that fascinating article out of South Carolina. The mm. the person who has to perform the actual execution, mm-hmm. now they're yeah. all messed up right. coming out of that. Yeah, it's going to be a rough day for a lot of people in Oklahoma tomorrow. Yeah. Well, speaking of rough days... Let's move on a little bit to somebody who deserves a little criticism. <laughs> and of course, that's the bloviating bastard that is Alex Jones. And I think Alex Jones is actually with us. Alex, what do you think about this new defamation suit you just lost? It's going to be here on your fake news program. It's good to yeah, be here. I've been taking everybody. supplements all day. I've been taking supplements. I'm ready for you, Kessel. Okay. You might be bigger than me, but I've got a lion in my heart. I'm going to space. <laughs> I wish you would. <laughs> Sandy Hook families uh, suing InfoWars founder Alex Jones have won a case against him after a judge ruled against Jones, who has failed to comply with the discovery process. Of course, that is par for the course now as we see Steve Bannon, who uh, is uh, now officially charged with a misdemeanor for not going and testifying in front of Congress. He's, you know, again, he's like, this is going to be the worst thing that these people ever did because I'm going to annoy the hell out of everyone. It's like, okay, buddy, <laughs> go on another Chinese yacht and drown uh, halfway through the uh, the trip, would you? But when it comes to Jones, he has been found liable by default. This is in Monday. This is a case that happened in Monday. Connecticut Superior Court Judge Barbara Bellis. She cited the defendant's, quote, willful noncompliance with the discovery process. Uh, She goes on to say all the defendants have failed to fully and fairly comply with their discovery process. So basically, we have a situation where Alex Jones's ego got him into this mess because he was so horny for viewers, no matter how many lies he spewed. And now his ego is going to continue getting him into this mess as he refused to comply with the judge. What do you guys think going forward? I am personally happy about this because I believe the parents of Sandy Hook, uh, you know, they lost their kids. And then they had this fat Mm -hmm. asshole on some stupid ass Internet show make people believe that they were crisis actors and they heckled them like it was the movie uh, like. um, Oh, my goodness. What's the name of that fantastic film? Serial Mom. It's like mm. the movie Serial Mom where uh, the lead actress would call up her neighbor and be like, yeah, fuck you, you fucking bitch. That was the <laughs> stuff that the victims, the parents of the victims of Sandy Hook were having to deal with. So I don't think that you can throw the book at this man hard enough or fast enough. Woof. Yeah. I mean, and what a history of misinformation. I mean, I think you nailed it in your term. It was his coverage. Right. Yep. It just him covering these events and going all in on the the quote unquote, the FEMA, the mm. crisis actors. Right. The the disasters that happen that's actually orchestrated by FEMA and other parts of the government so we can eventually pass gun laws. Remember, that's all what he says it's about. Absolutely. And interestingly enough, there's a new study out that only 52 percent, obviously, it's still over the threshold. Fifty two percent of Americans want stricter gun laws, which is actually the lowest it's been in around a decade. So interestingly enough, I think the turbulence of our political system, covid, there's more people now in favor of them having guns and uh, less 
restrictions on said guns. When it comes to Alex Jones, the one thing that we have to remember is he knew exactly what he was doing Obviously. and he mm-hmm. monetized it. And that is, you know, why snake oil salesmen, it's like, okay, I guess if there's no victim, then no harm. But there were victims. Yes. And this man needs to be held responsible for it. There's not just the victims of the you know the family who lost their children and uh, were exposed to this asshole for years and his uh, his stupidity. Almost ten years now. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. Just, just, yeah, this was exactly. Imagine it was 2012. That's a crazy. Torture, denying that your child died on television for ten years. That's just wild to me. But now the thing is that Alex Jones may be sued. Alex Jones may be held liable, but the snake oil he sold, the people who drank that oil, their opinion is not going to change. For 10 years now, they've truly believed this lie. And they, you know, that's Some, the Trump yeah. lie, the all of it, all of it all feeds in Pizza together. Gate. It's all related. It it doesn't, this doesn't change anything. I truly believe just because he's held liable, they're going to see it as another, uh, the big mass media is against us, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. And another thing to remember when it comes to crisis actors, they talk about this January 6th as well. It was Antifa crisis actors. <laughs> the one thing we know for a fact is, the United States government does not fund the arts, let alone the amount of funding it would take to have a s- hundreds of crisis actors go and participate in a horrific version of uh, improv everywhere. <laughs> right. <laughs> the yeah. same as the, the conglomeration that would have to go together to deny like uh, to uh, global warming. You know, it's all it's all a ploy. You know how many people would have to be in cahoots to actually right. get all that evidence straight or the co- the, the quote unquote COVID ploy. Right. Mm-hmm. You, you got all the doctors every single doctor in the world is in on it okay all right okay there might be one doctor who's made a little bit of a living off of covid not that you know you know politics uh, mm-hmm. all all crises can be used for uh political gain which is yes. extremely sad and we don't um i just wish it wasn't that case mm-hmm. anyway so alex jones again he could now be sued for everything he has, this was the this was a massive victory again for the parents of right. the victims of Sandy Hook, and I can't even believe as as Travis said, you know, 2012. My God, uh, that is just it doesn't it seems like just yesterday we were like, what's going on? Right? And is it strange to say it almost seemed like simpler times? Yeah. Well, that, <laughs> yeah. I, I was, what a weird I was looking world we're at, living in. Yeah. 2012. It's like every presidential year, Alex Jones accelerates his new big lies. Like 2012 <laughs> right. was Sandy Hook. 2016 was Pizzagate. <laughs> Folks, they're serving a pizza to frogs and they're making the frogs gay. <laughs> I've Alex. seen the documents. Thank you. Um, and then 2020, just the whole idea that, that uh, Trump actually won. I mean, he keeps one upping himself. Uh, really excited to see what he has in store for 2024. Uh, if you're Alex Jones, you know, yes. obviously, you, you sleep in. Thank you, Alex. You sleep in the bed you make. Um, Alex, is uh, it, I actually you? sleep in my car. I'm, I'm terrified that my own security system is going to murder me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it is possible. And you say you're sleeping in your car now with a gun it's, in yeah. my pants. Kissel, come at me. It's very possible you're going to be living in your car again. As totally the, fair. As the victims, the parents of these Sandy Hook victims. Um, just take his ass to the freaking cleaners because that's what has to happen. Oh, and obviously, absolutely. we're a massive free speech. We that's thank God for free speech, and we have free speech. Uh, but in this case, it was it was abused, and um, the people who suffered because of Sandy Hook also have speech, and they also deserve to be heard. And I really hope they can take the stand and straight up. I'm not exactly sure the process, so don't come at me. 
But I hope that we can hear their voices. And I I, I think it's important for the people who followed mm-hmm. Axel, uh, uh, Alex Jones. Um, I was just going to say Axel Jones, but he doesn't know how to crab walk. He can't do anything. <laughs> He's more like a toad walk. Wait, wait. But those people need to be heard. And I really hope that it can be somewhat cathartic and therapeutic to begin getting closure. And obviously, it's like, yeah, money doesn't bring your child back. But it's about sending the message that when you do stuff uh, with such negative intent, knowing that you're lying. I had too much jelly. I didn't, I didn't know the truth. <laughs> knowing that you're lying, there does have to be consequences. So right. I'm in favor of this, um, even from, you know, obviously in always thinking about the First Amendment and the right to free speech. This is different than that. He broke Absolutely. so many different societal norms and standards of practice. And quite frankly, you know, we talk about this all the time on last podcast on the left and on this show. We have a responsibility. If we if we get something wrong, it's a mistake. We don't purposely lie. Right. We try to mm-hmm. tell the truth. And people like Alex Jones, all of these televangelists, all the people who have built their uh, constituents or listeners for millions and millions and millions of dollars. And, you know, the bottom line of an Alex Jones constituent probably isn't that well off to begin with. Mm-hmm. And now, of course, they're taking medication that's probably just going to give them kidney stones uh-huh. and uh, they're going <laughs> to smell like a firearm after they take their tactical bath. I have no idea what kind of crap he sells um, other than the fact it's all crap. So it just goes to what we've always been saying. What we have been saying is be careful who you trust mm-hmm. um, because there are people who are actively lying to you with a smile. And despite the fact it might be more fun of a narrative for you, the real world is still the real world. And if we can't all agree that the suffering of parents who lost their children in a mass shooting should be treated with some dignity, then Absolutely. I don't know where the hell we are as a society. <laughs> it's There's a there's a difference between, uh, you know, like free speech and saying uh, Hillary Clinton is a demon and this free speech of bullying on a national level parent victims of a crisis. Absolutely. And and of course, uh, again, I, I said we don't lie and Hillary Clinton <laughs> is a demon. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, we actually just covered a, a, the exorcism of Annalisa <laughs> Mickle uh, for the Ooh. past couple of weeks on last podcast on the left. And I have come to the conclusion, guys, demons aren't real. I'm sorry. Aww. I'm sorry. Well, at least we don't lie. Um, before we leave this story, I did just want to, I appreciate yeah. what the senator of Connecticut, Chris Murphy, oh, you yes. know, it's important when a senator actually has to comment on it, right? <laughs> like that's how big of a deal it was, at least locally, again, for those families. And of course, uh, Senator Murphy makes an appearance in Ed Larson and I's documentary, How America Killed My Mother. So Absolutely we're very grateful plug. for him. But yeah. he said that um, these families have been victimized over and over again, mm-hmm. first by losing their loved ones and second by having to deal with the terror of a conspiracy theory movement that thinks they are all actors, thinks they are all politically motivated, thinks this was all done as a stage act to try to promote a political agenda in Washington. So again, like you said, hopefully some closure, hopefully some relief to those families. And you know, for a fact, again, they are not actors. Number one, again, the government doesn't fund the arts. And number two, if they were actors, uh, they would be in stage three and now they would have like a shitty band that they uh, really want people to go see. Right, right. Yes. (laughs) And the only way to truly hurt someone in a lot of these people is through their wallet. So the fact that Alex Jones has to pay is because he don't. I mean, he could. Oh, I'm sorry. That ain't gonna bother him. But <laughs> he's having not to pay, sorry. Yeah, he. But having to pay, that's gonna bother him for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, it's tough to monetize human suffering. Or how much do you monetize when some human has suffered? Uh, but again, our hearts go out to the victims of Sandy Hook. And yep, it's only been about nine years later after the lie started, where finally they are beginning down the road of potential justice. 
Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit caron.org slash lost. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Speaking of beginning, let's move on to Beto. Beto O'Rourke? We've been talking about our boy Matthew McConaughey, who I'm slowly but surely falling madly in love with. I don't know. But there's a new boy in town in Texas. Beto he's O'Rourke. He's time. an old boy, but you know, but yeah, he, but he's like, he's like, it's he's like still. when you go to summer, it's like you have summer break and you come back and you're like goth now. Right. So Beto is back okay. and he is planning on running for governor to unseat Governor Greg Abbott in 2022. This is what Beto tweeted. He said, I'm running for governor. Uh, he had a video announcement. He says, together we can push past the small and divisive politics that we see in Texas today and get back to the big, bold vision that used to define Texas. A Texas big enough for all of us. Spitball question. Hmm. Does Beto have the political capital to defeat somebody like a <sighs> Governor Abbott, who has a lot of institutional support, and then potentially a third-party rival in Matthew McConaughey, mm. or did Beto kind of screw the pooch so bad? I don't even know why that term ever existed, by the way. Mm, I don't like did that, he yeah. mess up so bad <laughs> in the election, in the big boy election of 2020, that he has no more political capital left to uh, potentially win? What do you guys think? Hmm. I, I actually agree with you uh, with how you're saying that, Ben. I don't think he has the political capital. I think he he's seen kind of as a loser in Texas. And we all know winners and losers really matter in Texas. That why That's why, you yeah. know, Abbott's a winner. McConaughey's a winner. You know, <laughs> Mr. Rourke, Mr. Beto, he's not impressive. You know, making movies makes you a winner, Ben. He's wins in the movies. He's oh, also, that's very true. I, he, I also he, won an Academy Award. You know, it, oh, did you really? Uh, what did you win the Academy Award for? I don't remember. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I think that, you know, I don't I even I think Beto O'Rourke is kind of like, isn't he that guy who lost? Right, right. You know well, I mean? and right. again, that is kind of I remember when Beto ran for president mm -hmm. um in 2020, he had just lost to Ted Cruz in 2018, mm -hmm. and that right. is kind of the the general rule in politics. If you lose at one thing, you don't go for a bigger thing. And then if you lose at that thing, yes. you're a two-time loser. So what are you waiting for? A third time's a charm? I don't know, Beto. So he lost to Ted Cruz by three percentage points. So for Texas, it was competitive. And was I know fair. some of the polling data even suggested, some of the polling data even suggested that he was up. Mm -hmm. Push comes to shove, of course. A lot of states, they kind of go back to their traditional DNA. That's why Youngkin winning in Virginia was such a surprise because Election Day, for the most part, tends to shake out how it had in the past. Right. But with Beto losing by three percentage points, I do think he was a little cavalier. and was like, I dang near got Ted. 
who has massive amounts of money and mm. the uh, the people that there are people in this world who look at Ted Cruz and love him. Isn't that remarkable? <laughs> um, Not his wife, insane. though, right? Good no, I don't worry his kids. <laughs> but with Beto uh, now staying in, going back to the state of Texas and presenting himself as a viable option for governor, we'll see if sort of the failure of 2020 resonates with the Texas voters or if they are just so upset with the handling of the economy, of everything that's going on with the electrical grid. I mean, there's a lot of problems in Texas right now. Mm-hmm. And Governor Abbott is the sitting governor, literally. So <laughs> if Beto is going to have a chance, I do think it is possible for him to highlight some of the problems that have occurred over these past few years. Right. And I should point out that there Not is actually... mention the abortion ban, for crying out loud. Oh, right, right. God. So many things happening. So many And things. I did forget that it was such a close race. So thank you for reminding me about that. Exactly. Three yeah. percent. I, I thought in it was Texas, like a, a large in Texas number. back then. Yep. I mean, that that is a lot closer than uh, I remembered it. And um, I will point out also politically, there is a motivation to go run for president, um, and that is to build your name nationwide mm. and to build a, a donor list nationwide. So right. then you're not just having um, donations come in from in state, but out of state, and you have you know again just kind of more of a national push to get what you need in your home state. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, Travis, but I'm fairly certain if you run for president, you have those campaign coffers, right? And mm-hmm. you can take that you can and shell it over those. to a gubernatorial. Yes, and you right. have email lists. I mean. Yeah, those email lists. If this was kind of the play the whole time when he was like, oh, wow, look how close I came in 2018. Right. Um, then it kind of becomes a political play. OK, because, again, we've starting to see it every year. There's like, what, 17 people running in each of the primaries for president. And it's, yes. you know, sometimes it's congressmen just looking up their way up to run for mm-hmm. Senate. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's senators looking up their way and run for governor. Um, right. Sometimes they are looking for something else. And uh, so if this was the play all along. Right. Like you said, he could unseat Greg Abbott. Abbott. It is possible. This is according to Beto. He says when the electricity grid failed and those people and the power failed uh, all of us, it was the people of Texas who are willing to put their differences behind them and get to work doing the job at hand, uh, which meant helping out our fellow Texans through that crisis. We did that out of the sense of duty and responsibility to one another. Now imagine if the governor of Texas felt that same way. So there are more than enough uh, political inroads for Beto or for Matthew McConaughey to attack Abbott. And we'll just see again if he can message and beat the political machine in Texas, which, again, obviously put um, some of the most aggressive conservative Republicans in power. Yeah. Yeah. And you saw it with the the recent abortion ban. I mean, again, Texas is deep red. Greg Abbott is basically doing the Ron DeSantis playbook in terms mm-hmm. of Republican governors challenging all the I mean, I, I believe Texas also has the mask ban, right, where they mm-hmm. won't allow. Right. And then, of course, that ridiculous story with the school board and the the Holocaust books where they wanted both sides of. There's right. so many issues Beto can grab onto. It, again, just comes down to. Can he beat an incumbent like Abbott? There's also a lot of stuff that people are going to hold on to that, you know, I was reading an article, uh, stuff that he said during his presidential campaign. Remember, he said he was going to take away their AR-15s and he's going to take away AK-47s. That back then was crazy. Nowadays, if you say that with Kyle Rittenhouse in trial right now for this, Mm. I don't know, you know. Well, as I cited before, the it's it's amorphous. But when it comes to the Second Amendment, 
I think it's having a, almost a resurgence, as we'll see what the Supreme Court decides uh, with New York City, if that gun ban is seen constitutional. And then again, the polling data, it kind of goes against Beto, I think, when he talks about you know taking away AR-15s. And again, whatever your stance is on it, uh, the Armalite 15, you know, people in Texas, that's probably not a great political winner. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see. Uh, who knows what happens? Either way, we're starting to begin to see what the process will look like um, when it comes to uh, deciding the next governor of the great state of Texas. And if it's Beto, McGonaghy, and Abbott, what a trio that'll be. Wow. Oh it's like gracious. Dallas Buyers Club, too. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, indeed. All right. Well, let's move on here. Speaking of speaking of representatives, Liz Cheney, mm. um, you know, cancel culture, mm. cancel culture. You hear about it? Everyone's canceled. <laughs> the Republican Party is the best at it, whether it be oh. the Dixie Chicks having the audacity to be correct about the Iraq war. Uh. There's a whole series of different people who uh, are right leaning, who are gleefully protest. I believe at one point, uh, Sean Hannity's show, they protested Keurig's and then Keurig advertised on Sean Hannity's show. And then he had to say, stop protesting Keurig, please. They're an advertiser. Thank you. Hit that pocketbook. The Wyoming GOP votes to no longer um, recognize Representative Liz Cheney (laughs) as a Republican. Now, you know me. I love watching any Cheney suffer. It's Mm. really fun. (laughs) But this is just another example of the hyper partisanship within the Republican mm-hmm. Party. I right. think oftentimes mm-hmm. we discuss this within the Democratic Party with the AOCs and the mansions of the world, sure. But within the Republican Party, there's a massive schism that seems to only be growing. And of course, perhaps the election of Glenn Youngkin and a few other of the people in Virginia who won that were slightly closer to Trump. Youngkin, of course, as we talked about, kind of trying to walk a fine line there. It does seem like the anti or the pro Trump wing of the Republican Party is extremely, uh, believe it or not, steadfast and diehard when it comes to their support of him. And Liz Cheney, of course, doing what she felt was right, which was right when it comes to supporting the January 6th commission and these things that really should not be partisan (laughs) because there was an active attack on our collective, our United States government. So the resolution, which does not strip Cheney of any tangible power, it passed in Wyoming And it passed by 31 to 29. It's a symbolic move that roughly nine county Republican parties voted no to to no longer recognize Cheney. What do you think (laughs) this means for the national politics when it comes to the Republican Party, national politics and the embrace or lack thereof of Donnie Trump? Does this begin to erode moderate Republican voices in states like Wyoming? I would assume in Alabama and Arkansas, South Carolina, saw a couple of Confederate flags out there and a lot of signs fell down. They need some infrastructure out there, which we'll talk <laughs> about in a second. Right. But what do you guys think this means for the National Republican Party and for uh, I'm forgetting the name of the fellow out there in uh, in Illinois who has just said he's not going to run again Kim because Dinger. they gerrymandered. Yes, because they gerrymandered his uh, his district uh, district. So he has no chance. I actually think he should run if he has any balls whatsoever. If you're that afraid of losing, then you're a pussy. But what do you guys think this means? Right. Well, and I'll just add to that, Representative Anthony Gonzalez from Ohio, he voted for Mm. impeachment as well. He's not running for re-election either, and he's only been in there for a a couple of terms. Um, So to your question, in terms of the national dialogue, I still think we're in the process of seeing this play out. 
throughout 2021. And I think the big answer will come after the midterms in 2022. But because I actually did work in Wyoming three months on a campaign mm-hmm. at, in the, at the height of 2020, at the height of COVID, which is why I got it. Um, I can <laughs> I three tell you times, didn't you? Uh, multiple times, every door, every door I knocked on, I got it again. And I probably spread it a little bit too. My favorite thing that you told me in Wyoming was, uh, you knocked on this fellow's door. You're like, Hey, I'm working with the libertarians. Like liberal, get off of my lawn. And then yeah. he was like, I'm going to shoot you. And I was like, you don't even know you're the most libertarian that you probably talked to <laughs> that's all pretty year. Much it. That's what I told him. I was running off his property. I was like, I support you right to do that. <laughs> but again, Wyoming is if Trump country was an entire state, it is 65 to 70 percent Republican every single statewide election. That's definitely how it goes. Um, so for this rift to happen just in Wyoming and considering it's happening to a Cheney, like you pointed out, they have a family mm-hmm. history there. They are very powerful um, in an, on a state level. I don't think Liz Cheney's actually impacted that much. I do think the Republicans are going to do everything they can to unseat her. But mm-hmm. you think about someone like Lisa Murkowski, right, uh, senator from Alaska. She lost mm-hmm. the Republican nomination to Joe the Plumber because the Ooh. Tea Party crowd was was trying to get Joe in there, and they beat Lisa Murkowski in the Republican primary. Right. She just ran as an independent. Who, and then eventually became a Republican again. And I think Liz Cheney is completely in that same situation. She will be fine. Um, and she will likely still be the, the congressperson from Wyoming, no matter what. And that's a fantastic point, Travis. Uh, of course, one of the things that's easier when it comes to Liz Cheney is her last name. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Lisa Murkowski, not only did she run as an independent, she was a <laughs> so write-in candidate. She was a write-in. Everyone so had to spell had Murkowski to how, right. You have mm-hmm. to spell it right. So the fact that that many people spelled that name right was <laughs> definitely an indictment on Joe the plumber, whose name is not Joe, and nor is he a plumber. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> anyway. what, what, what sticks out to me is that this is basically symbolic. So it like yes. it doesn't mean anything. Should they just stripped her of, you know, this is this is like a, the Republicans are like playing Mean Girls, and this is like a burn book. <laughs> yeah, it's like Liz Cheney isn't Rhino, isn't Republican. She's a Rhino. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they are uh, such, you know, they focus, are such petty, focus petty people. Party. Get in, losers. We're gonna go start an insurrection. <laughs> yeah, it really is a, a pathetic tale that would be funny if it was written like a rom com. Unfortunately, it is uh, very. Very real. All right. Well, speaking of real, uh, the infrastructure bill. So it passed. Yay. Yay. It's infrastructure week in America. <laughs> yes, indeed. There were 13 House Republicans that voted for the bill, um, which was one of the reasons that it passed. Including the ones we just mentioned. Yes, indeed. And of course, they're being called rhinos and Donald Trump is calling them out uh, because they did something that was, you know, mildly seen as good for Biden. But again, I don't give a shit if it looks good for Biden. It's It's about looking good for the country. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's all that matters. Um, So this would have been great for the Democrats if it happened a couple of weeks ago. (laughs) Yes. But of course it did not. So how big is this uh, for Joe Biden who has, I don't know, received less than flattering news or dare I say, flatulence news over the past couple of weeks. It's been mostly about him farting, burping, (laughs) and falling asleep. So that's where we are. And that's what happens when you have a uh, 75, 78, whatever the hell he is, geriatric president. Right. Yes. Bad optics, I would certainly say. Whereas the infrastructure bill, you know, with everyone there, bipartisan support surrounding Joe Biden when he signed it this week, that would have been Tremendous optics pre-election day for the Democrats if they could have just gotten it done before Mm -hmm. then. So politically, I don't know how much it helps Joe Biden. I think I sent you guys another story as well that the um, the labor statistics 
that actually they were like short 600,000 jobs. It's like actually there was 600,000 extra jobs added. Again, that news also came after election day. Mm-hmm. So by all you know means and purposes, Joe Biden is doing very well. And the question is, again, does it translate over the loud noises coming out of his other end? Well, and also when it comes to kitchen table issues... Not that anyone ever sits around the kitchen table anymore. When it comes to sitting on your couch and ordering Uber Eats issues, hmm. uh, gas is crazy. The right. price of milk is crazy. Right. When you get gas, the, the double G's, gas and groceries. If gas and groceries continue to go the way that they are, you can continue to say, hey, man, we're adding jobs. The economy is actually doing pretty good. We're at a 3% growth. You know, it's not so bad. Uh, 4.7% or so unemployment, the lowest it's been in a minute, of course, certainly lower than than uh, last year because of COVID and everything. But those are the things that they have to be very careful to watch out for because those are the things that people see and those are the things that people feel. And the other sort of larger sense of infrastructure is kind of abstract um, because when a road is nice, Ironically enough, you don't really think about it. You're just like, ah, that's a nice road. But of course, it's much better to have a nice road than a bumpy path. That's exactly what what I wanted to point out, Ben. Um, So most most of this won't even take effect until 2024. Right. So what's going to happen is that you can- Convenient timing. Convenient, exactly. But you can also kind of spin it too. You can say, look, prices are going up. Biden's signing these bills and prices keep going up. The Republicans can really play this because if you don't have the full picture, if you don't know that most of the stuff won't take effect until 2024, you see Mm -hmm. like, look, he just signs bills and causes inflation and blah, blah, blah. And that's why uh, the optics of this- uh, uh, in one way are great and the optics right. of this are really bad in another way because what I'm seeing is my my gas price is going up. Mm. You know, my milk is becoming more expensive mm. and mm. Biden's spending more money. What? And I know how you love to bathe in tubs of milk. It oh. keeps me nice and fresh. Ooh. <laughs> well, and I would just like to point out um, to your point about gas and, and the supply chain issues. That was a big selling point on the infrastructure bill is that that's going to help on the supply side of things. Mm-hmm. Right. Our, our ports need updating. Our roads mm-hmm. need updating. So mm-hmm. that was um, a real thing that they tried to hammer home, I think, once they mm-hmm. got this done, that. All the issues, the kitchen table, the Danny gas pumps work in this country issues that you're talking about. um, That's what they're trying to address with this. It is like Fernando pointed out, though, it's not going to happen overnight, obviously. And it is a positive sign that it was about as bipartisan as we could ever ask for these days. (laughs) Yeah. The fact that double digit Republicans who are now facing a massive backlash, but the fact that they were like, oh, yeah, I just think this has to pass because we need some help in this country. Again, driving through South Carolina, the crowds were amazing. And South Carolina is a beautiful state, mm-hmm. but uh, literally just road signs are just on the ground, like to the point where it's like if you're a mayor of that town, don't you just drive by it and I don't know, <laughs> I'm duct tape it your freaking self. I mean, it was just insane. <laughs> the difference from North Carolina to South Carolina. And again, beautiful people, beautiful area. It's the politicians that are fucking it all up. But there is nothing more fun than making fun of Lindsey Graham. Break right his backyard. <laughs> Ham and biscuits, y'all. Ham and biscuits. We also mentioned his ladybugs on stage. Someone yelled, <laughs> ladybugs! <laughs> oh, <laughs> those are just my ladybugs. I love For it. For those that don't remember, those are his moles on his perineum, a.k.a. <laughs> taint, a.k.a. the flyover country of the human body. What's oh. exciting to me is, you know, there's a lot of stuff in the bill that we aren't going to see. Uh, there's supposed to be a broadband upgrade. So, you know, people getting mm-hmm. uh, Internet, low cost Internet options to people. Absolutely. You know, we the era we live in now, everyone needs Internet. We're, uh, it's we're, a utility. You, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's one of those things that's going to help uh, urban areas, rural areas. That's why it doesn't make sense to me that so many rural Republicans, I'm assuming, uh, voted against it because it is right. just like, well, yeah, you don't like your roads, you don't like your bridges. Um, it, it was, you know, again, give credit where credit's due. It is an Ohio Senator Republican Rob Portman who um, who led the the Senate negotiation efforts, and Joe Biden even made jokes at the signing ceremony that um, he he said Rob Portman was a great guy, and he said that he was allowed to say that because again, Rob Portman has also chosen not to run for re-election again so that's why he's allowed to do something bipartisan like this it does all of it's not running for re-election because their district is no longer gerrymandered obviously that's a senator so it's a little bit different but uh man that does piss me off it's like so you're not you're not going to fight at all you're just going to roll over like a dog and have trumpers piss all over your face and then you're going to apologize to them yeah, and that's exactly what's happening in the uh, debates for the Republican Senate race. I mean, they're right. trying to out-Trump each other, and I think five out of the six of them said they would not have even signed the infrastructure bill, and they're trying to replace a man who literally negotiated it. Hey, Mom. First things first, thank you. It's my one-year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother, Love you, Mom. Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Well, speaking of Trumpers that are crazy, we've got to mention this guy, Paul Gozer, once again. Oh! He Gozer's there. Uh, he's a Republican <laughs> out of Arizona. The man is so freaking stupid, it's ridiculous. Uh, he, uh, he's he being censured for glamorizing violence against uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Again, even if you disagree with people on certain things, we live in an era where violence is a very real possibility. So maybe just stop courting violence so aggressively and then just pretending like I didn't think it was going to be like that. I didn't think it was so bad. I'm sorry. Paul Gozer, he faces censure for glamorizing the violence against his political foes. However, he has found an ally. Man, Matt Gates. Again, I have no idea what happened. That scandal with he and his, or his best buddy who was uh, the fraudulent tax man out of Florida. That seems to have gone away, which it should not have gone away. Mm-hmm. But Matt Gates is now coming to the defense of Paul Gozer. And uh, it's just, what's the difference? Like, it's just a douchebag club. And <laughs> these guys are the two leaders of the pack. Um, obviously, Paul Gozer was also in the news for January 6th because he is one of the people mm-hmm. that uh, promised some of these people. We'll talk about some of the uh Proud Boys and, and Q Shaman here in a second. But he promised them blanket pardons, which, of course, he has no power to do. And it was a vicious lie. Again, be careful who you follow. You're the one taking the fall. They're the ones who are going to stay in power. So Matt Gates defending Paul Gozer. Isn't this going to re- is history going to reflect on this poorly? Or are we really in this era where this kind of activity 
is just so mm. passe and so part of American politics now that we just move right on and say, well, that was a crazy tweet. <sighs> right. And that's it. Well, I will just give a quick update. He did get censured. Um, okay. Again, we were talking about Reps uh, Kinsinger and Cheney. Uh, they both voted with the Democrats to censure Gosar and one congressman, uh, David Joyce from Ohio, give credit where credit's due, um, he voted present. <laughs> so that's not uh, brave. After that, How all the Republicans, all the other Republicans voted against censuring Gosar. But he has been officially censured. Again, I actually don't know what that means, um, but I think it means he did a bad job. He has to go uh, clean out Lindsey Graham's ladybugs. Oh, good. Mm. Yeah. Well, wait yeah. a minute. That sounds like fun for Mr. Gozer. <laughs> yeah, maybe it would be. Well, basically, a censure carries no explicit penalties beyond everyone making fun of him and saying he's a bad dude. So oh, that again, would require just... these people to have any sense of shame. Exactly. So, That's unfortunately, right. I don't know right. Right. Well, if he does. I have a feeling he probably does not. Yes. And, and you know, this reminds me of Ben, um, our episode with John Kiriakou when yeah. he was in prison and there was a, a mob guy in there who they pretty much knew was a serial killer, but mm -hmm, they could never mm -hmm. prove he was killing all these people. So they got him on something else. I think it was like taxes. I believe or something he was a else. truck driver. I think he may have been a truck driver. Yeah, he was a truck driver. That's right. Yeah. But he had mob connections and things yeah. like that. Um, but so they, you know, they knew he was a serial killer, but they could only get him on uh, whatever this tax issue was or whatever it was. They put him in prison. And that's how I feel about this Gosar thing. They know Gosar from that report that we, we, we talked about a few weeks ago was promising blanket pardons. He was kind of the man on the inside. I think mm -hmm. there are going to be a few more. Uh, they're going to show that. Of course, Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan uh, can't seem to remember when he talked to oh President God, Trump and uh, what they talked about. But Gosar seems like he was almost like a guy on the inside in January 6th. Mm -hmm. And if you can't prove that, well, here's something you can't prove because he pretty much tweeted it. He did tweet it. This is according to Matt Gates. He says, I oppose political violence in all forms, regardless of the target. But anime is fiction to the point of the absurd, which uh, he obviously is not. He doesn't. It's I, just such BS. That's where I am. We're in a we're in a meme based society now. Yes, people make memes about, you know, people make memes about these types of things. The, issue is, that, the issue is that he's a co-worker of hers. Yeah. You know, and he like th that's the issue. For example, like if I make a I don't know if a, a fan makes a meme about doing stuff like that is different than if I make a meme about doing stuff like that. No, right. there was a meme that was brought out in a, a, a that was very aggressively targeting anyone, any of us. You have to take that seriously. Especially nowadays. You just really yeah. do. You're, I guess you're um, because right, Because people have sense, proved right. time and time again that whether it be anime, I mean, QAnon, is a, it's a LARP, and it got <sighs> very right. serious. So you're I don't right. care if it's an anime or not. Just stop threatening death. And then this is, again, bipartisan. Even look at, you know, Steve Scalise. He was shot by a crazy-ass Democrat. Like, you mm -hmm. know, it happens, uh, you know, but then, of course, you have someone like Gabby Gifford, who I don't even know what, well, I think it was Loftner. I don't even know what political I, he was just batshit, you know. Right. Um, so it happens and we just have to avoid it. Otherwise, we're going to continue to see this hyper partisanship continue because people, quite frankly, are going to be too scared to compromise. Yeah. And that's what's going to continue us down this path of destruction. I have a question for you both. Do you think that he should face some sort of like he ha he should be, you know, punished. He should face some sort of penalty. And do we set a precedent with that? Well, let's move on and tie it to what's going on right now with the Proud Boys and with the Q Shaman. If mm. if Gozer Speaking did January 6th. Yep. If Gozer did promise them blanket pardons and showed them around the Capitol and was like, hey, well, if you're going to attack, that'd be the place to go. He should be incarcerated. The Proud Boy leader right now, this dude, his name is Henry Enrico Terrio. He was only sentenced to 90 days. 
But believe it or not, he wants to get out because he said the jail was really bad. Uh, um, oh. Yeah. Well, you know what? As a criminal justice reform advocate, I guess everyone is in agreement. Jail is really bad. <laughs> yeah. But the problem is this person would be the same person saying, hang him up. Lynch him. He was the same person who wanted mm-hmm. to kill Mike Pence. This is the same person who gave no shits whatsoever about personal freedoms, about um, uh, about treating people with dignity, about treating people with respect. So I don't want to have any schadenfreude, but it's like, yeah, bro, you didn't think it was bad before you decided to storm the freaking Capitol. What did you think we've been talking about for the past 30 fucking years when it comes to <laughs> 40 years, when it comes to how heinous the U.S. prison system is? So I guess this is a wake up call. For this moron who really, again, perhaps a joke that got out of control, and then you end up incarcerated, and no one that helped you get there cares about you anymore. So, I mean, it's not, this is what Terry had to say. He says, I've been to jail before, and what I've seen here, I've never seen anywhere else. This place needs to be shut down immediately. Of course, he's held in D.C., which does have horrible, horrible corrections. He says, I'm deathly afraid that something is going to happen to me. Of course... He angered a lot of people, mm-hmm. specifically black people, mm-hmm. when he he was seen on camera tearing up a BLM sign. Mm-hmm. People were just so triggered by the idea of Black Lives Matter. And it's like, OK, people are, again, allowed to express themselves. And so a lot of the corrections officers and a lot of the inmates don't really like him very much. Oh. And so I'm sorry. At some point, bro, you reap what you sow and maybe you angered the wrong group of people. When you're going to be incarcerated with many people that look like the folks you angered. Exactly. I mean, he I mean, he's on video like hurting police officers. I mean, obviously, yeah. like, COs and stuff are going to look at him, uh, look at him bad. And then uh, apparently the flooding in his cell is coming from his cell uh, people across the cells knowing who he is and purposely flooding their toilets because they want to fuck him over. That's what crazy. a fun world. Oh, yeah, it is, it is interesting. Like you pointed out, none of these guys. Uh, who are going to jail. They're not going to jail in their home counties. It's all in D.C., the scene mm. of the crime. And they are in for a a whole new world, as, a, as the Aladdin would say. Well, the interesting thing is, and this is why, God, this, so there's this guy, his name is Judge Pittman. The reason that he is not mm, classifying Terrio's response or his concerns as important, and the reason that he is saying that, no, there is proof that he is not being singled out for mistreatment is, quote, because the prison, the jail sucks. So everyone sucks <laughs> and everyone's yeah. suffering. So literally they're like, ah, I mean, everyone's in hell. So I don't mm. know. I guess it's just par for the course. This is what he had to say. He says, it's obvious this is the judge. Love it. He says, I love it. It is obviously distressing to hear these conditions. I come back to the same question. How is Mr. Terrio's condition any different than any other inmate at the jail? We aren't even, well, maybe we have to address some of the humanitarian concerns with people at the jail. If right. this is the excuse for how he's getting treated horribly, be like, everyone is. So yeah. I guess it's fine. If yeah. everyone's sick, then I guess no one can be more sick than that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Do you think he's over-exaggerating or think it's serious? I think he's a total is... bitch. I, yeah, exactly. I think that he's a total bitch. And, and really, the the you know, Q shaman was the guy who needed organic food, and his mom was like, he needs to be fed organic food. Like when he was just being held uh, awaiting trial, I believe. Yeah. And of course, again, I want people to be treated more humanely 
However, the uh, pleas fall on deaf ears when it comes to this man. Uh, Mr. Terrio, this is according to his uh, his lawyer, he's, they say, Mr. Terrio has been intimidated and antagonized by the correctional staff to dissuade him from making complaints about the horrendous decisions. Roughly three dozen Proud Boy leaders, members, and associates have been charged in the Capitol riot. So again... The person that started this whole damn thing, Gavin McGinnis, is still doing his stupid fucking TV or stupid ass web show on some dumbass network. He's fine. He got out when the going got rough. Mm -hmm. And the people who are taking the fall are the ones who, yeah, maybe they're the most brainwashed. Maybe they're the most convinced. uh, But nonetheless, uh, in some ways, they are also uh, I don't want to say victims, but they are uh, a uh, symptom of this larger disease that is misinformation, disinformation, and this new love of radicalized microgroups. Right. And you kind of see a common theme here today. I mean, not only are these, these like you said, these foot soldiers basically on the ground starting to get repercussions, but you got Gosar finally getting at least a little... Slap know, a little bit of backlash, yeah, yeah. Slap on the butt, which uh, again, uh, ladybugs, it Lady don't bugs. matter that much. Um, oh. But then uh, also Alex Jones getting a little uh, slap on the wallet. Yeah, um, so you do start to see a little bit of accountability in terms, especially in terms of misinformation. I mean, again, ghosts are promising blanket pardons um, to yeah. some of these guys. All you want is just some kind of accountability in any That's form, it. and and it seems like at least again today. The news stories are are on accountability side. The Democratic Republic can't continue if this <laughs> is allowed to happen. Right. Right. I mean, it's like you said, it's especially with, like back to Ghostar in the anime. It, it, these are your coworkers. I mean, today, mm-hmm. you know, those yeah. comments that you read from Matt Gates, that was today in defense of Ghostar. You know, this is the 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 point where all the Congress people can go up there and they get their little two minutes and then they get right. their sound bites that they can then raise money on. I mean, I think Bobert, who was also given uh, tours of the Capitol on January right. 5th. She called the uh, AOC the, and the, the Jihad squad. Mm. I mean, it's just like, I don't it's, know. If, if I started calling shit. Amber Nelson that, I couldn't <laughs> hang out with her at the party. You know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. I've had to cut out some friends recently who were just so unbelievably mean. It's like, okay, well, I'm gonna, I, I, I'm not friends with you because I'm right, not, right, right. I'm, not gonna, I'm not going <laughs> to extend my, because it's hard to be nice to people. You work at it. It's right, not, right. Uh, you know, kindness doesn't come easy. Um, also, speaking of Jacob Chansley, he's the uh, QAnon shaman. He was sentenced to 41 months in prison for his role in the U.S. Capitol riots. Uh, again, he is also very sad. He is not enjoying jail whatsoever. Oh. And, um, Again. Well, they let him bring in his horns. It's fun to be horny in prison, right? <laughs> yeah. Here we go. Uh, I'm well, not I, sure if they did. Uh, you know, I want to point out that uh, apparently Tario wasn't at the, the, the Capitol on January 6th. So I messed up by saying that he was there. But okay. he was charged with something related to uh, not related to that. He had a, he had a warrant that he wasn't supposed to be anywhere in Washington. And he was still there on January 4th. Right. So, so he okay. was planning on yeah, Exactly. So I'm saying him, it's not even, he's not even related to the January 6th writers in that sense. He was there just causing trouble. Yes, yes. <laughs> Clearly they're no, up to no good. And it seems as if Chansley, again, the Q shaman, who is obviously someone who is extremely mentally ill, not that that excuses the, uh, what he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, he spoke for 30 minutes about the impact that jail has had on him. Uh, he did, however, say that he broke the law. He said he's a oh. good man who broke oh. the law. Okay, not a domestic terrorist, even though, again, some mm. of the evidence proves that maybe he is. According to Chansley, again, the Q shaman, he says, the hardest part about this is to know that I am to blame, to have to look in the mirror and know you really messed up royally. So I give him some credit for perhaps some 
growth, internal growth, and saying, maybe I shouldn't have come all over Nancy Pelosi's shoes. <laughs> like, maybe that's good. Uh, he says he was in solitary confinement because of himself, because of my decision. I broke the law. I should do what Gandhi would do and take responsibility. He is still the Q shaman. Uh, okay. um, he says there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it, and uh, that's what men of honor do. So <laughs> if, uh. he can, if he can uh, grow from this, you know, I believe in second chances. And again, be careful who you freaking follow because no one else. <sighs> Steve Bann is not in solitary confinement. He's loving every second of his uh, fight with the United States government, of course, until he dies of liver cancer. <laughs> and remember, for every one of these two guys that put themselves in jail, there's hundreds of other people yep. who are there for racist reasons, for reasons on class and and poverty. So, you know, the Associated Press and CNN is really covering these guys. But we have to remember, these aren't the guys that we're, we're talking about when we want jail reform. Yes. And of course, I do <laughs> right. want jail reform. So technically they would be they would well, feel yeah, that yeah. as well. And I don't yes. think that people. But it's not for them. <laughs> and, right. you know. Yeah, it'd be, yeah. Uh, it's the world's smallest, the world's smallest, smallest little violin. Yeah. yeah, violin, however. It is how we treat the least of us that reflects mm -hmm. the most on us. Thank you. All right. Mom. Well, just last. Powerful. Just <laughs> lastly, a Utah company says it's revolutionized truth-telling technology. And we'll keep you updated on this as these stories continue to come in. Um, basically, uh, it's this new eye detect lie detection test. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And oh, I, it was used in court for the first time in a real nasty case. In 2008, this dude named John Rayle, he was a volunteer track coach in Tahouse, New Mexico. He was on trial for allegedly raping a 14-year-old girl uh, when his lawyer made an unusual request. He wanted the judge to admit evidence from eye detect, a lie detector test that Rayle had passed. The judge agreed, and five of the 12 jurors wanted up voting not to convict and a mistrial was declared this eye detect product is a utah company uh it's called converse and this is what it has to say it says imagine if you could exonerate innocent people and identify the liars just by looking into their eyes well mm. now you can yeah uh, it's chief executive todd mickelson said as they built a better <laughs> truth detection uh mousetrap please email we mm -hmm. can actually just do the side stories email side stories lpotl at gmail.com if you have more insight into this it just again on kind of piggybacking on what we were talking about last week when it mm -hmm. comes to the cars that are going to say exactly. you're hammered and then pull you over and not know the exact situation. Maybe you weren't hammered. Um, we just wonder if this is, you know, what if they can hack it? What if they can? Mm -hmm. What if they're just straight up wrong? Right. And it's not I still. It's yeah. what if it's just not accurate? And as we know, facial recognition technology varies greatly amongst races. Um, Specifically, the races, uh, well, black people, specifically when it comes to the, the most incarcerated and overpenalized. So my only concern is, does this company have civil rights in mind? I have a feeling no, because, yeah. again, they want a government contract and they want to be the next big billionaire on the block. Right. And, and I'm always weary anytime a company rolls out a product and the, and they have that sales pitch of, has this ever happened to you? Oh. You just can't <laughs> tell if your friend's lying or not. Well, now you can look in their eyes with a machine. <laughs> I yeah. mean, it seems like a little much. This I bothers agree. me fundamentally. You know, polygraph tests, uh, they don't work. They're not accurate. How this is literally just a, a fancier 
your polygraph test. Right. It's, That's it. You know. Oh, and, and what have we said, Ben, about polygraph tests? Um, they're more effective right at the end, right? When the liar gets away with it. So maybe that's how they should sell this eye machine. It's like right at the end, once the guy's like rolls his eyes, we'll be like, whoo, thank God that's over. They got it. Well, that's the thing. So according to Mickelson, he's the head dude here. Uh, he says a polygraph is, quote, emotional, right? But mm-hmm. eye detect is cognitively based. So he says, quote, uh, when you're lying, you have to, quote, you have to think harder to lie than tell the truth. But if you're a sociopath, uh, you don't. Because you right. just lie right. without any, so I. It doesn't seem like I don't know. It uh, seems bad. It just seems like the road to hell once again is paved with good intentions, and it seems as again as if they just want a massive government contract. According to Leonard Sachs, a psychologist at Brandeis University, uh, he says people have been trying to make these predictions for a long time, but the science has not progressed much in a hundred years. Uh, like most renowned experts, he has not reviewed eye detects research specifically, but he does say. I don't know of any evidence that eye movements are linked to exactly. deception. So exactly. just another thing that we have to be cautious of is the slippery slope of um, the big uh, surveillance state continues to uh, be pervasive and wiggle its way into our life. And of course, it's going to make people a lot of freaking money. And the slippery slope of, okay, so it starts with we're doing eye scans. Next, we're doing brain scans to see if you're lying in court, you know. Sure. And then, do you guys remember Third Rock from the Sun? Of I course. Do. Great they show just, with John Lithgow. They, in court, they would just put a tube on you, and if the tube turned purple, you lied. You know, that's where we're right. headed. We're basically headed. We're going we're gonna to touch you with this thing, and if the thing turns purple, you're guilty. So Interesting. You know. Right. And then yes. there's people like uh, Congressman Jim Jordan, where you can just tell when he's lying because he's flapping his arms around like, oh, well, uh, no, no, no. is there a machine that can detect that? Because I'm pretty sure that guy was lying. Interestingly enough, in 1988, there was a federal law that bans private employers from administrating polygraph texts. There are some loopholes, but most states don't accept them as evidence. Uh, in 1998, the Supreme Court ruled uh, ruling denied federal criminal defendants. Uh, had a constitutional right to them, interestingly enough. Um, but they say this is more accurate than the polygraph. But again, um, I don't, uh, I don't, I just, there's so much different, whatever. I just think it's total, total overreach. And again, it's just so obvious this company wants to uh, get a bunch of money. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and our, Civil liberties expense. Isn't oh, that nice? fun. Isn't that yeah. fun? It's like the people who invented the scanning machines at the airport. They're like, this will make us safe and also make us billions of dollars. It really did. It'd be nice if they could like tell you that you're regular or like if you're high blood pressure, if you're like, it'd be nice <laughs> if they actually did more. Yeah. Like um, a med scan while you're there. Take advantage. If I'm going to do it. Yeah. I'll check for, some reason, for tumors. You know? All the TSA for some reason. Do you guys hear the story about the guy who got hammered at TSA and started masturbating at them? That's <gasps> not allowed. That's not allowed. Ben, was that you? <laughs> no. Oh my God. Sir. No. Sir. Sir. No. <laughs> uh, although every time I go through the screeners, they have to look at my wrists. I think I have a series of pa- packets of fat. And the, the, the <laughs> so screeners are packing a drugs. Pack, packing a fat right there, and then they, <laughs> he's, just, he's got coke in them lumps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh no, he's a mule. Oh no, he's an elephant. Um, all right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening to this week, uh, this week's episode. We only have one episode this week, but the next week we will do one episode, and then we'll be back to our two two a week. Um, as uh, I'm kind of traveling a little bit, and we're figuring out figuring out some stuff there in beautiful Los Angeles. So thank you all so much for listening. We hope you're doing well. Can't wait to see you all on the road this weekend. And uh, yeah, anything else, guys? 
Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you all so much for listening and being with us. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit caron.org slash lost. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts.